0: God, we do thank you um, for your goodness to us, uh, how you uh, protect and uh, keep us. And we thank you for um, your sovereignty that you are um, uh, the God, the one who has made and formed all things for your perfect purposes. And we pray, Lord, that you would uh, bring things uh, to their perfect end, uh, even as we uh, later in our worship uh, will. Um, uh, hear uh, your word proclaimed about the the signs of the end. Lord, we pray that um, you would give us uh, hearts that would serve you, uh, that we would not um, be stubborn uh, and stiff-necked and um, refusing to listen to your word, um, but that you would uh, convict us, that you would prick our hearts, uh, show us our sin, Uh, Show us the paths of godliness uh, that we might follow them. Lord, we do ask that uh, you would teach us uh, through the words of your prophet Jeremiah this morning. Uh, Help us as we study it together. Uh, May uh, we be guided uh, in all uh, things by your spirit, that it would show us um, ourselves uh, and our wickedness, but also show us you and your glory and your power and your strength and that salvation can only be found uh, in you. We lift all this up in the matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, uh, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 18. As you turn there, let me just briefly uh, recount uh, some of the things we talked about last week. So chapter 17 uh, continued a, a theme um, of of Judah's deserved judgment, and we saw that they deserved the judgment because their sin had been engraved on their hearts with a pen of iron. Jeremiah then turned from that picture of uh, Judah's deserved judgment to talking about the wisdom, uh, the, the this theme of God's wisdom um, by presenting uh, the way of the wicked and the curses that befall them um, for, uh, they're turning their heart away from God, but blessing uh, blessings uh, for the person who, uh, whose heart trusts in God. The focus of that chapter was our hearts and the choices people make based on what's inside them. And that's why Jeremiah, um, uh, the way he ended chapter 17 with this focus on keeping the Sabbath uh, was so fitting. People can trust in God by keeping the Sabbath or incur, and incur the blessings of God, or they can keep violating the Sabbath and see all their labors and city go up in flames of God's wrath and judgment. What the people do reveals their innermost parts that only God can see and know. So in chapters 18 and 19, so this week and next week, um, Jeremiah's taking us on a field trip. Doesn't every class love to go on field trips? I take my college students on field trips, They get so excited. I'm like, are y'all seven still? <laughs> Am I seven still? Because I get excited to go on field trips. Um, but he takes us to the potter's house. Um, so both chapter 18 and chapter 19, um, we're going to be be very involved uh, in pottery <laughs> in the making uh, of it, and next week the breaking of it. Um, but this uh, chapter is gonna provide, or both these chapters provide uh, object lessons, visible pictures of the relationship between God and his people. Um, they provide this picture of Israel's deep involvement in sin and the resulting threat, threatened judgment of God. And then we'll also see Jeremiah's, uh, we'll, we'll get that inner Jeremiah again with another one of his, his prayers uh, in response to a plot against him. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably wrestle with some of his language as he um, uh, turns to God through imprecations, demanding that God's retributive justice come quickly. So, with that as a word of introduction, hear now the word of God from Jeremiah chapter 18. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise! and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evils, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, And if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I intended to to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, behold, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. But they say, that is in vain. We will follow our own plans and will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask among the nations who has heard the like of this. The virgin Israel has done a very horrible thing. Does the snow of Lebanon leave the crags of Syrian? Do the mountain waters run dry, the cold flowing streams? But my people have forgotten me. They make offerings to false gods. They made them stumble in their ways in the ancient roads and to walk in side roads, not the highway, making their land a horror, a thing to be hissed at forever. Everyone pa- who passes by it is horrified and shakes his head. Like the east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back, not my face in the day of their calamity. Then they said, Come, let us make plots against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come, let us strike him with the tongue, and let us not not pay attention to any of his words. Hear me, O Lord, and listen to the voice of my adversaries. Should good be repaid with evil, yet they have dug a pit for my life. Remember how I stood before you to speak good for them, to turn away your wrath from them. Therefore, deliver up their children to famine, give them over to the power of the sword, let their wives become childless and widowed. May their men meet death by pestilence, their youths be struck down by the sword in battle. May a cry be heard from their houses when you bring the plunderer suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit to take me and laid snares for my feet. Yet you, O Lord, know all their plotting to kill me. Forgive not their iniquity, nor blot out their sin from your sight. Let them be overthrown before you. Deal with them in the time of your anger. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word. May he bless it as we speak of it together. So God sends Jeremiah down to the potter. Uh, to, to see the potter at work, so why? Uh, what, what's the object lesson that uh, Jeremiah is supposed to get and we get through Jeremiah from watching how the potter works his clay? Yeah, Dave. Yeah. So unlike the the next chapter, once you know, once the pot is fired, there's no <laughs> there's no correcting. So yeah, this opportunity. So as the potter works the clay, um, if he he discovers a flaw in it, there's a chance for him to rework it into something else. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, Teresa, you had your hand. Oh, okay. Others, what what strikes you about this picture of the potter working the clay? And I think. Dave uh, put his finger on it like he, he's, he works it and he realizes that there's some quality in the clay that it's not gonna make it work for the vessel uh, he was intending to make, so he makes something else. But it's coming at a moment where there is a possibility of, of turning things around. And um, there's a word play in Hebrew here as the potter's turning his wheel. You know, later on, God is using the exact same word you know, telling the people to turn from your sin. Return to me. Yeah, Grant. like he the Yeah, and notice here, like it's not it's like declaring that sovereignty because it's not just, I can make Judah how I want it, but I can do with any nation. You know, if I want to sh- you know, intend to bring judgment on a nation, very much like we see uh, in Jonah, um, you know, he, he declares he's gonna bring judgment against Nineveh, Nineveh repents and God mercifully withholds the judgment. It's that very picture of him you know, relenting from the evil he said he was gonna do. And he's saying the same thing about Judah, like I, I, I made you and fashioned you for, for, for good, but if you're gonna do evil, then you know, I'm gonna fashion judgment against you. So yeah, it's absolutely a, a declaration that it's God's right to do with the nations um, what he wants. Good, what else strikes you about this picture of the potter? Yeah, and, you know, think of, like, um, yeah, yeah, we think of salvation, like, sometimes God makes unconditional promises, declarations of salvation. But other times, he's, he puts conditions, like the, the covenant that he sets out in Deuteronomy. If you do this, you'll live long in the land. If you do this, curses will fall on you. Like, so, the, the way that, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it, and it's not the, I like the way um, uh, one commentator put it. It's not like God's changing his mind. He's changing his action. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because, again, he's the one who, can, who, who, who does with the, the, the clay what he wills. Um, and that passage, Grant, I mean, we, we should turn to it. Um, the passage Grant mentioned from from Romans 9 um, gives that, that makes the, um, you know, his right to do with what he wants really clear. Um, So uh, Romans chapter 9, um, uh, we'll start in verse 19. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? even us, whom he's called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Um, so it's that, that picture of, as Grant said, he, he, he's the one who, who decides. Uh, he's the one who molds things for his purposes. Uh, and in his graciousness, like he's giving, uh, to go back to what Dave said earlier, he's giving people a moment to repent. Like, and, and he's using this, look, the potter is still fashioning something here. <laughs> um, and you know, the, the, the judgment has not been hardened. Um, repent, and, and we'll see their answer to that. Yes, Andy. Yeah, I was thinking not a clay a lot, but marble. Like, you know, people like imagine, like, all right, this is what I want to carve. But then depending on the the grain of the stone, like, OK, if I try to cut there, it's going to break. But if I cut this way, it'll shape the way I want it to. Um, so, so it is, like, yeah. Um, his ability to mold things um, in that way, like for his his purposes, and to you know adjust. They are, um, but it, the wrath is. That doesn't mean the wrath is not deserved. I mean, that's what you always have to keep in mind. Like, he's he, he, out of the same lump of clay. He's making some vessels to to demonstrate his glory and and his forgiveness and his mercy. Um, but it's it's not that the there's a difference. Um, you know, they're deserving of. the the same wrath and judgment, but God is choosing to save and deliver them um, out of his mercy by giving them new hearts, by giving him, as we'll see Jeremiah say later, writing that covenant upon their hearts, by doing the things they can't do themselves. Um, And other people, he is, yes, he is, um, in his uh, sovereign wisdom, bringing wrath upon him to show that their sin does deserve wrath and judgment, and if they don't turn to, to Jesus, that's what's gonna befall them. So, um, yeah, don't, like, we make it as if it, if God is somehow responsible um, for the, the judgment that falls upon us. No, we are responsible for the judgment that falls upon us. Um, and, and we're all deserving of that judgment if God, in his sovereign mercy, does not choose to take some of that those lumps of clay and make something beautiful out of them. does that make sense? exact same word, and in fact it's the only those are the only two places that word shows up. <laughs> so take that word, Katie. where are you going with that? Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> yeah that that again and and notice you know it's the quality in the thing itself, you know it's not um it's not the potter has spoiled it, but again, like there's like you know uh it's too wet or it's got grit in it or like the quality of the clay is not yielding itself to the purposes that the potter is intending and so he's it's spoiled so he's shaping it into what he wants so 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 we we have this you know beautiful picture of of you know using the potter to 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 show God's relationship with his people And, uh, I mean, Dave put his finger on it right at the forefront, like, okay, I I can remake this, like. (laughs) Yes, I gave promises to bless you, but I also gave curses, um, and those curses, uh, if you're not gonna follow my voice, then I will relent of the good that I intended to do. And so the punchline is, Behold, I'm shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. So um, it's this picture of, of, of God's sovereignty, but God in his mercy calling his people to repentance. Um, and that, that again, that way, word return there uh, is very much the same word you know, as he sees the potter turning his wheel. Um, So it's, you know, there's wordplay going on. So he, you know, gives this picture, presents this picture to Jeremiah. Jeremiah goes and tells the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem this message. And what's their response? (laughs) Yeah, Dave. Yeah, and I, I, uh, as somebody, this is like Jeremiah is called the people stubborn. <laughs> They're describing themselves as stubborn. <laughs> uh, we will follow our own plans, and everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's putting uh, the stubbornness of the evil heart in, in their um, in their own mouths. But uh, to your point, like it is. A bold, emphatic refusal, like, and he's just given us this, this picture as um, you know Grant and Rob brought out, like this, you know, intense sovereignty of God to to do things, to bring this about, just like the Potter, like nobody else is shaping the Potter pot, the Potter's doing it, the Potter gets to decide what's going to happen. Um, to this lump of clay, what's it gonna become? Uh, And if he wants it to be be something destined for destruction, then the potter decides to do it that way. Um, And in the face of that message, they're basically like, you know, giving the middle finger to the potter, (laughs) Um, to God. They're like, you know, uh, no. Bold, emphatic, absolutely, uh, completely no. Um, Yeah, that he, you know, he he gave us a free will. And the problem is, as uh, Augustine said, that will has become bent toward toward sin. Um, And here it's really bent (laughs) toward toward sin. Um, And rather than, you know, repenting and, and, you know, having God you know, bring about the correction for our wills um, that comes through. Um, you know, the grace of God and the Holy Spirit that that again we can be in a position where we can uh, choose the right instead of always choosing the evil. Um, that you know that we're able to do good. Um, they're they're saying no. It's we're functioning fine. Um, the and. Uh, I just thought of it because I haven't told a good bakery story in a while. So, um, so when I think of, of think of this and this idea, like to, on, on Teresa's, like our wills being bent towards sin. So, um, uh, I, I worked in this mass production bread factory. Um, the white bread, which I never buy white bread from the store, <laughs> um, comes out in a stream. So, and it gets cut for every size loaf, and the pans are timed till with every cut of the stream, there's a pan underneath it, and the signal was just a little piece of wire that stuck up out of the conveyor belt, or I guess it came down, um, and you know it hit that wire, and that was the signal to make the cut, drop it in, next pan. One time the, um, the wire got bent, just enough. So instead of dropping the loaf directly in each pan, it like perfectly was dropping it in between each pan. So it it didn't take long for like the entire conveyor belt to just be one huge sticky mass of dough. Um, It was awful. (laughs) Uh, It it took me a long time to clean that one up with a scraper um, to get the line functioning again. But it'd be like if the, my supervisor came, came by and saw, the, you know, and said, like, it's functioning fine. Like, and it was, like, the pants kept going through, the conveyor belt was working, the dough's coming down. It was just doing it completely wrong. <laughs> and, and that's the, I- the idea, like, you know, they're, uh, you know, heading toward complete destruction. Like, they're heading for the cliff. And, and rather than applying the brakes, are like, no, we're good. We're, we're just gonna, we, we think we can get across. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're just gonna keep going this way. Um, you know, we're gonna follow, uh, like the way he talks later, we're gonna stumble on our way, um, we're gonna walk into side roads, we're gonna just pursue the course uh, of our own way by pursuing these other gods. Uh, no thank you for your message of repentance. Uh, no thank you uh, for your your message to um, put away these things, or else we'll suffer the wrath of God. It is a yeah, and <laughs> it's a picture of of stubborn evil hearts. Yes, yeah, Scott. Yeah, and uh I, I think they are like the the response is like if you think of vanity like There's it's no way it means, you know that even though you're powerful and if you turn you would relent, that's not within our capability, which is which is really I guess the same way of saying we don't believe that you, our creator, could enable us to turn. Yeah, so yeah, they're saying his words are empty. Like you think of vain, like it it's 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 useless. Like there, it like we could translate it. Um, you know, it's of no use. We will follow our own plans, and will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his own evil heart? Like that. It's that kind of sense. Like, eh, <laughs> what's the point? Like, we'll just keep going the the way we want to go. Uh, there is no use, and and it is ultimately a. Um, a lack of belief that that God can, one, bring this judgment, and two, that he could turn them around and give them new hearts. um, It's a denial of of God the potter's sovereign ability to to do these things. So how does God respond to their refusal? James. Yeah, it's it it's God prophesying the response there, um, and but but it, the way it's structured is like it's this it's kind of structured um, like you know dialogue <laughs> almost like it's so we get what what God says you know in um, verse eleven thus says the Lord uh, and then twelve but they say and then in verse thirteen therefore thus says the Lord. Um, and then verse 18, then they said, um, and then it ends with, with Jeremiah's <laughs> kind of response to this. So it, it's this um, interesting back and forth we're getting here between a God calling his people to repentance and a people stubbornly refusing to, to listen because their hearts are evil, between God, again, warning them of the disaster that's going to befall them because um, they are persisting in this evil, and they turning around and saying, um, "Let's get Jeremiah. <laughs> um, Let's plot against him." Um, you know, so um, yeah, there's this you know strange give and take between uh, the mercy that a sovereign God is extending, um, you know, mercy offered you know with the threat of punishment if if they don't repent. Um, So God's offering, um, you know, calling his people to repentance, offering them a way to escape the wrath that's going to befall them. And they're saying no. Um, So then God responds. So, you know, like who? (laughs) I I love this like rhetorical question that God starts with. Ask among the nations. Who has heard the like of this? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, it's, it's like, you know, this is like, we, we've reached the height of, of absurdity here uh, through their refusal to, to respond and, and turn to God. This God who has saved them, um, you know, brought them out of Egypt, he's delivered them, he's brought them into this good land, and yet when he comes to them to warn them that they're on the path to destruction, they say, no thank you. Yeah, Teresa. Yeah, the, and the Pharisees, you know, he he pronounces woes upon them for their, again, stubborn refusal to believe. So when the judgment comes, again, it's coming um, through God's sovereign purpose and power, but it's coming against people who rightly deserve the wrath and judgment of God because they have refused to believe. Yes, yep. Uh, Again, Jesus' prophetic ministry has its Old Testament, um, uh, you know, yeah, parallels. So uh, what do you make of God's response to, to their response? Yeah, uh, one commentator said exactly put it exactly the same. Way, Nature is a lot more reliable, and dependable than mortals that made in the image of God. Like, yeah, that that it is. Uh, there is a, a dependency, uh, reliability in it um, more so than than these people who, rather than following the the highways that God has laid out for them, are like, well, you know. Let's try the side road. <laughs> it's kind of like, Dana knows this from from uh, us, me getting us lost many times. Let's go to the, like, maybe we have a shortcut. My shortcut ends up taking five times as long as if I just stayed on the highway. Um, and, and that's the picture. Like, they're turning off, you know, side roads. Uh, you know, they're stumbling on these paths. When God, you know, that picture we have in, Isaiah, God has made this giant straight highway, (laughs) uh, you know, interstate for His people, Uh, and and they're like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, they're like, let's. I I think this will get us there, and it's like some super bumpy road that hadn't been used in hundreds of years, and you know, it leads them to disaster. Yeah, Dave. Like the east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back, not my face, in the day of their calamity. Like, if that, like, you know, that is, um, you know, what a stark picture of God's judgment, that he's gonna show them their, his back rather than the mercy that comes from, from you know, his, his gaze upon you. Like, I'm showing them the back, not my face. Other aspects of God's judgment before we get to the next section. All right, well, let's spend some time um, uh, first. um, You know, what what is. Let me get my question. Ah. Um, So, once again, uh, you know, we see another plot against um, Jeremiah. Um, The first one was kind of like sovereignly revealed, uh, and, and it was. Uh, Jeremiah's own family and friends and Anathoth. Uh, where, where's this one coming from? Like, uh, who's conspiring against Jeremiah here and why? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, so um, people stubborn in their ways. Um, you know, let us, let us make plots against Jeremiah. Um, you know, why, why they don't want to listen anymore? What, what do they want to do? Yeah, and notice how they're being confirmed in this. Um, you know, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor the counsel, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come, let us strike him. Like, it's, so it's, as we see this, this plot, it's like the entire religious establishment, um, prophets, priests, uh, the wise men, uh, are all telling the people, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Um, they're, they're also, I mean, if you think about, uh, and, and we can see some of this in um, Jeremiah's response, kind of read between the lines of, of, of some of what they're um, saying about him. Like, you know, if you go back to the law, a prophet who prophesies in the name of the Lord and the thing doesn't come to pass, like, you know, is, is labeled as a false prophet um, and, and someone who is deserving and worthy of death. So they're, you know, Jeremiah is preaching God's word and they're saying, no, you're a false prophet who deserves to die. Um, they, I think, they're presenting themselves as prophets of God, in this this one, and we'll see later. Like, like we're about to get one named, um, in a couple of chapters. Um, you know, this like, you know, like later on, Jeremiah is gonna put on a yoke, saying, you know, God is gonna yoke His people to Babylon, and this other prophet comes and takes the yoke off of them and breaks them and says, nope, not gonna happen. So you kind of have like a competing profe- prophets <laughs> um, with, you know, through their symbolic actions. You know, Jeremiah performing um, the, the yoke that God is gonna place on his people through the nation of Babylon and this other prophet coming up and saying, <laughs> breaking the yoke, no, God's gonna deliver us from Babylon and it's not gonna happen and Jeremiah's a liar. Um, so I think here, the emphasis, especially because it's it's mentioning um, the priest and, and you know the wise teachers of the law, these are these you know the religious establishment of Judah that is that Jeremiah is up against, um, and we're going to see um, like just in a couple of chapters. Uh, Pasher, the priest, the son of Emmer, who was the chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying prophesying these things. Then Pasher beat Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the upper Benjamin Gate of the house of the Lord. So, you know, a priest of the Lord is going to hear what Jeremiah says, um, beat him, and put him in the stockade for, for everyone to see, mock, and abuse. Explain what you want to get out of that one. Well, (laughs) this government, it's not just the elite, it's the entire community. You can tell by the wording of that passage in Jeremiah we just finished. There's no real specific group of people that are betraying and trying to kill him. It's very popular. Yeah. And we can see why Jeremiah feels so isolated. That everybody's against him. And why he's going to respond so strongly to this with these, you know, you know when he prays. Like, you know, this is a, a pretty um, yeah, a sh- striking call for God to bring very harsh judgment on everybody. Um, because everybody has been not paying any attention to God's word through God's prophets. We don't want to listen. We, <laughs> yeah. Let and that's the idea. There is we don't like what he's saying or what God's word is saying through him. And as we've seen earlier, we can't strike against God, but we can strike against him. Like you know, their their refusal to listen to Jeremiah isn't a isn't first and foremost personally against Jeremiah, it's against what Jeremiah represents through his words. He's representing God's call uh, to his people, his showing his people over and over again their utter depravity um, and calling them to repentance, uh, which means they have to change their ways. And they don't want to change their ways. They want to keep stubbornly following the paths that they're on. Um, as um, uh, one commentator um, uh, put it, like it's really hard to preach to the complacent. Um, and, and it's that like, they're, they're happy with the way things are. Um, and they don't care that it, it's leading to destruction because they don't think the destruction is really coming and is really real. Um, but they also don't want to be reminded of it so <laughs> uh, yeah we don't want to hear that um, and so you know they're they're doing the like rather than facing the Word of God and being reminded of it. Um, even if they like, like there are people out there who don't think the Word of God is true, but they also don't want to hear it. Like so, like you can, it can be both. Like you can say that's false, and I don't want to hear it <laughs> um, because I don't want like the truth in the Word is still stabbing them, <laughs> even as they're declaring it. Like there is no God bringing that Word but I don't want you to speak it to us anymore. Um, And it's that that rejection um, uh, of of God and God's messenger. So how does Jeremiah, so once again, we we get uh, to see kind of Jeremiah's um, inner um, conversation with with God. So, So how does Jeremiah respond to this plot against him? What strikes you about? (laughs) Yeah, have your, like, you know, it's the idea. Yeah, and as as we see his prayer, there's a lot of, like, really harsh things he's calling God to do upon. Like, he's not making these up. These are all, like, a lot of this language is coming. Straight out of um, Psalm 109, like we could turn there, and we would see a very similar kind of of prayer from Psalm 109. Um, the The kinds of judgments are all things God has said is going to befall His people. Um, so, yeah. So He's saying, "I'm done. Do what you said. Do what you said you were going to do, those people." Yeah, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, like, we do see Jeremiah, he, he does pray for them in other places. But but here, you know, as they're saying, like, so, you know, he start, Hear me, O Lord, and listen to the voice of my adversaries. Should good be repaid with evil, yet they have dug a pit for my life. Remember how I stood before you to speak good for them. So he's saying, I have stood before you, God, and I have spoken good good for them to turn away your wrath from them um, and and this is how they're responding like so here's the person who has been interceding for them you know trying to uh, you know he's, he's presenting like toward the people he's presenting God's message of wrath he's faithfully delivering God's word and then he's turning around and toward God saying, Lord you know, don't let the wrath, you know, come, and at this point, um, back to uh, <laughs> Scott, like, he's, he's done. Like, you know, he, he has, you know, he's reached one of those moments where he, he says, therefore, deliver them up. Like, let them get what they deserve. And again, that's going to demonstrate, like, how is the truth that, um, that he is God's true prophet going to be named known? by judgment falling. So like by God doing what God said through Jeremiah he was going to do, it will be a vindication of, of Jeremiah's prophetic ministry. It's he God does what God said he was going to do. Closest, again, is psalms. Like, there are lots of psalms of, of imprecation. Like, I mean, let's, let's mention Psalm 109. Let's just flip over there real quick. Um, so Psalm 109. Um, pages are stuck together. There we go. Uh, so this is a psalm of, of David. Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are open against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted a sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. Let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Like, so it keeps going. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so it's unusual for for maybe a prophet to, to say this, but it's not unusual um, for uh, you know, a man after God's own heart to use this kind of harsh language, speaking of, again, not their personal enemies, but, but people who have set themselves uh, against God. Uh, and so like, you know, they hate Jeremiah because they hate the God Jeremiah represents, and they hate the things that that God is giving Jeremiah to say to them. It, it, and again, it's the, the paradox um, involved. And in like, you know, like, like, like some commentators, like Calvin, for example, um, actually th- thinks Jeremiah goes too far here, um, that it's not consistent with um, Christ's instruction pray for your enemies. Um, you know, uh, so like, how do we put these two things together? Uh, again here like i think the point to emphasize here when jeremiah is praying this he is not saying anything like new <laughs> like you know what i'm saying he, he's he's not inventing the words he's saying he's throwing god's words back to god um so he's taking things god has said in um in the curses in leviticus and in the curses in deuteronomy um he's he's I mean, Jay's right on. He's aligned himself so much with the covenant perspective of God that that he he can can see the way that God sees it. That that these people have reached a state where you know their iniquity and their sin needs to be uh, judged. They need to be overthrown. They are refusing to listen. They're and they're. They're never gonna um, pay attention until the judgment befalls them. Um, and as we'll see later, like, like, you know, there is future hope after this, you know, exile to Babylon. Like, you know, by God saying, I will drive you from the land if you worship other idols, they're worshiping other idols. God's gonna drive them from the land. But he also says, I will bring you back, and like I will remember my covenant, even though you've forgotten it. Um, And it's, you know, by God bringing this judgment about and being true to his word, it's also giving, you know, the flip side hope that when he says he'll restore them, he's going to do that too, Greg. Yeah, and I, I I like how you express that, like different situations. Because I was thinking of the places where where Jesus does do this by pronouncing woes against the Pharisees. I was trying to find the passage and I couldn't. You have a reference for me? Luke eight. Thank you. Um, where I knew it was in there somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, there's another place where he's specifically pronouncing woes against the Pharisees. There we go. That's it. I knew it was somewhere there. There we go. Seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees. Thank you, Grant. We, this is why we need seminary students in class um, <laughs> for, to correct us uh, old people. Um, <laughs> Um but you know, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, you know you blind guides who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing, but if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he 's bound by his oath, so he like goes through all you know your whitewashed tombs, who, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within full of dead people 's bones and all uncleanliness. Um, so he's like pronouncing woe and condemnation for I think exactly the reason that, that, that Greg said. These are the people of all who know the law and should know better, um, who've been trusted with the heritage of God, and yet they're the ones who are a- actively um, you know, rebelling against what God has told them to do. And in the case of the Pharisees here and scribes, actively rejecting the the savior that god has sent to deliver his people and if you reject that savior there's no hope for you like let's, let's be clear like salvation is to be found in him and him alone so if you reject him then you know judgment and woe is going to fall on you if you reject the god who has made you then what hope of repentance uh is there like you know because the only, you've rejected the source of all mercy um, and knowing that he's the source of all mercy and willi- willingly, willfully rejecting him and turning your face against him. Um, and so, so yeah, so uh, as we, you know, Jeremiah's words are really harsh, but I think Jay w- was right when he's, like, he, he's seen things you know, through his ex- experience as a prophet, he's starting to see the people and their sin the way that God sees it. Um, and, and he sees, like, if they reject God, then there is no hope for them, uh, and this judgment needs to, to come and come soon. All right, well, um, uh, let me close our time together uh, with a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you that... Um, uh, you have um, uh, removed from us the, the wrath and judgment uh, that we deserve, um, not by uh, ignoring it, um, but by um, putting it on our Savior Jesus Christ that uh, He took the sin, our sin, upon Himself. He who was perfect and knew no sin uh, became sin uh, in order to deliver us uh, from the wrath and destruction that our sin deserves. Um, And we thank you that um, he has been faithful uh, to your covenant um, when we have failed, uh, that he is faithful um, in doing the things that um, we are called to do. We're thankful that um, you have taken away our stony hearts and given us hearts of flesh, that you have set um, your law, written that law upon them Uh, that you have uh, filled us with your Holy Spirit uh, and given us wills that uh, we can do the good that you call us to do uh, in Christ Jesus. And we pray that um, you would uh, use your word uh, to guide our steps. May we follow uh, your paths and not the paths of our own choosing. Um, uh, Help us to not um, rebel against you, but help us to uh, obey and to follow uh, your word uh, knowing that we will rebel and we will fail, but um, even the, uh, those things our, our Savior Jesus Christ uh, has dealt with. Uh, help us to glory in the good news of your gospel, that there is uh, redemption and salvation from our sin, um, and that uh, the, there is um, escape from the, the judgment and wrath that is to come. Um, not through our works, but through his full, finished, and perfect work on the cross for us. Help us to worship him in this coming hour, we pray uh, in his name, by the power of your spirit. Amen.